You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to another episode of Around the King's Table with George. Yep, George. I'm Brian. And today we want to encourage Christian men in their devotion to Jesus. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Encourage Encourage. Christian men in their devotion to Jesus. And we'll just start like this. Um maybe at a, at a at a general level why would we feel the need to do that uh, there's a number of different reasons why yeah. that might be i mean one just culturally um, yep men are just uh, there's there's a lot of things pushing against them taking up leadership roles um, actually engaging in those things that would classically or maybe traditionally i don't want to quite use it that way but mm. It actually leading and you know some of the the more characteristic things about what we would describe men with are you know just not really praiseworthy in our culture they, they, mm-hmm. they people push back on it and so they disengage and yeah they disengage not only in the family but they also disengage in the church mm-hmm. often they don't disengage in their workplaces because mm-hmm. that's where the that's where they're getting validation that's where they're getting yeah. you know, praised and all of this other th- thing so but with that being the place that they're going to receive it, they often sort of just drift and it becomes Sunday is, that's the day for worship. Yeah. And with it being one day out of seven that they're really concerned with religious matters, maybe, mm-hmm. how their relationship with God works, how their relationship to a body works, it's easy to just let that one day miss and then yeah. miss again and just kind of drift into where they're not, practically they're not engaged in the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, all of that. Uh, I think that you know this is not uh, this is not at all specified um, towards like our, even our local church. No, no. This is just a a broad a broader issue um, that we see not even just in our culture today, but from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of made its way into the very fabric of. Uh, what a fallen male, a fallen man might look like and live like yeah. in this fallen world. And therefore what it means for the church to actually engage yeah. that fallenness, to actually you know, preach the gospel to it. Mm-hmm. A couple of things have always kind of stuck out to me <clears throat> along those lines when we talk specifically about men, Christian men, in the context of the church. Uh, one was, I mean, a long time ago, uh, and you can, you probably would know better than I do at this point, and so you can correct me if I'm mistaken, but there was a time when one of the things that invalidated Christianity was that it was so heavily female. Correct. Right? Yeah. So like early church, first two or three hundred years uh, of Christianity, uh, it was so feminized. Not not like... Had so many females in it. So female in it. it. That's what I mean. Yeah, engaged and, Um, and committed. 
that that was kind of like a strike against it in a male-dominated world. It was like there are no yeah. men who are believing the gospel. There are no men who are right. who are following this crucified Messiah. It's all women, which was never really the case. But yeah. certainly the, the the proportionality of it was right. noticeable. Right. And then I recall sitting in a service, probably golly, uh, fifteen years ago at this point, um, when I had first gotten to Louisville and seminary. And um, guy was preaching was just talking about the statistics when it as it relates to men in the church, uh, men on the mission field, mm-hmm. stuff like this. And it's almost uh, you know yeah. like three three fourths of the human beings who are serving Jesus on the foreign uh, mission field are women. Yeah. And of course, then he went on to parlay that into a call to men. Mm-hmm. Not against women. Yeah. Not, That's always not the danger condescending. Of trying, to, yeah, yeah. trying to encourage not men without making it some discouraging women women or even anti men. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so to that issue, what what about the women? Right? When you speak to just uh, the wonderful women that we have at our church. Oh for sure. How they serve in ministry. Yeah, I mean just an, an amazing amount of commitment and service and engagement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um a lot just going on in the way that kids are being raised, kids are being cared for, yeah. given you know, given the gospel compassionately from yeah. mothers, mm-hmm. um, serving even as as deacons, serving in other capacities. I mean, we have I mean, here specifically, I'd say we have a, a lot of women who are mm-hmm. engaged um, yeah. as they should be. Yeah, and it seems like even when we, you know, whether it is a work day at mm-hmm. the church or it's uh, you know a, a special call to prayer, or it is uh, engagement with our community online, or it is um, you know we have a Bible study or we have whatever it is. Um, the ladies, by and large, are like, yes, we can't, we cannot get there, attend it, be about it quickly enough. You know, yeah. like we, they want to get there, they want to be doing that. And it's a, it's a source of great encouragement, I think, mm-hmm. um, in the yeah. life of, of our church, uh, particularly. Um, so what we're saying about encouraging men yeah, in their devotion <laughs> to Christ is not meant to set aside women as if their incredible devotion to Christ doesn't matter. Right. Okay. So maybe we'll come back and we'll do another episode on encouraging Christian women in their devotion yeah. to Christ. Okay, persevering, <clears throat> right? But there is um, there is this thing, and we can talk about it from from a biblical standpoint here. This stigma, even in men who have been born again, who have been indwelled by the Holy Spirit, where we are, it seems, constantly being tempted to take spiritually passive roles yeah. as husbands, as fathers, uh, as members of a local church, as sharers of the gospel, as just uh, getting equipped to be faithful as a Christian in the world. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> anything in the Bible? Sure. Uh, do, do you see like maybe examples mm-hmm. in the Bible or exhortations in the Bible towards men who might be a little to the side of devoted 
biblical Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing, of course, that's going to come to mind is going to be, I mean, Genesis. The the, the fall is yeah. ultimately a question starts. of yeah. The, the, there were there was a creation order, and you see just a subversive element going on there where everything is the tables are turned yeah um adam's supposed to be taking an active role in leading and teaching yeah ends up just passively watching and then engaging um in sin because he he didn't actually take up the responsibility that was his yeah um but then i mean in in exactly the same way we've been dealing with first timothy so in in paul's you know constant exhortations to timothy not to say that timothy is doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. But Paul sees clearly that there's this need of making sure that, well, there isn't some tiny buildup that turns into more of an avalanche um, of passivity, of inaction in Timothy as he's engaging this church. Mm-hmm. I think that those are some pretty good examples as well. Mm-hmm. As we see those exhortations to lead, to lead well, to relate well to yeah. older men, to the younger men, which he kind of sees as a part of the older women, the younger women, yeah. you know, all of that. Yeah. In a strange sort of way, I always think of uh, the time of Judges where Mm. the whole book of Judges is set off by everyone did what was right in their own eyes and not in the eyes of God. And so what you see there is basically the bankruptcy of male leadership such that you get a Deborah, you know, and everyone wants to point to that and be like, oh, well, see this about women and leadership and all this kind of right. stuff it's like well actually it's, true, it's, in, it's in judges <laughs> it's in judges uh there there is such a there's supposed to be men who are leading on behalf of god in that community in that culture yeah. um and that they're not whole, there that whole picture not of there. The timidity going on because, yeah I mean, basically it's yeah. not that you it, right god was intending fully to work but the, the, the yeah. male leadership there basically said can you give me some more confidence yeah. instilling and he's like well it won't be to yeah. you that the way victory comes yeah and i think too of uh, there's just another passage that that comes to mind is is i believe it's in first peter chapter three it's just really interesting that when peter is um, he's, he's talking about suffering as a Christian. He does not necessarily, he doesn't address the husband as someone who becomes this believer and he has an unbelieving spouse right, and right. how to then like live with his unbelieving wife. There's this expectation it's the other way around. It's, the way around. it's, the, there's, yeah. it's an assumption that probably because of experience, I'm assuming, that you have a lot of women who are believing the gospel and their husbands are not believing the gospel. And he's having to address, okay, as a woman who is now a follower of Jesus, how do you, how do you, live, in that how do you live in that situation? Yeah. Right. Um, of course, you have the exhortations in a lot of the, the uh, New Testament letters mm-hmm. uh, that are just exhorting men to be good husbands, be godly fathers, yeah. uh, be Turn active. tables on the current culture and... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Be be a counterculture uh, when it comes to uh, just a a manly biblical following of Jesus yeah. in the world. Um, you mentioned it a little bit there in Genesis, so maybe we just go back there and just kind of focus there on sort of the genesis sure. of, of some of the problems. Uh, but but what reasons does the Bible give implicitly or ex- explicitly for, for why this might be? We're talking really about spiritual passivity mm-hmm. in men, I think, ultimately. Uh, yeah. so, so let's just kind of focus mm-hmm. in there. Genesis 2, you talked about uh, there being a, a, a 
uh, order, order, design, yeah. and creation. Yeah. So you have the the of course the you have the male created first. You have the woman created out of his side. Yeah. There's this understanding in how the the text flows that he's supposed to be basically teaching her. He's the one giving the instructions. He then is is giving her those instructions, making sure she understands. And he is actively doing things prior to her existence. Correct. He's tending the garden. He's keeping the garden. Mm-hmm. He's naming the animals, the animals yeah. because he has headship. Authority. He has yeah. headship over them. He has dominion, dominion over them. Over them. Yeah, yeah. And then she's created. Yeah. And you I can mean, continue. Well, I mean, I, just, <laughs> I think the major thing that comes out of it is that even yeah. when you see the the curse that comes out of it, you know, so mm. you have the fall. You have her, you know, kind of taking the word of the yeah. serpent, and then Adam is clearly there based on how the text flows, but yeah. not responding, not saying, no, 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 no. We, we know that this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. So kind of abdicates the responsibility to correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see even in the curse then, as they're found out in their sin, mm-hmm. this thing where it's going to be, your desire is going to be for him, that for him being really yeah. very much a sense of, to dominate him, but mm-hmm. thwarted. Like there's going to be this now It's the same as Genesis 4-7, right? Mm-hmm. About sin's desires Correct. for you. Correct. Right. Yeah. So there's going to be this, this idea of domination. And so not only do we have it kind of build up into how the fall occurs in yeah. and of itself, you have it kind of worked then out that this is going to now become actually even a bigger problem. You're going to continually mm. see this conflict where the man is needing to take up that responsibility as he follows Christ and acts as the sort of the priest, the the, the, mm-hmm. the, the advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the woman is going to be trying to take over that desire as well, to, trying to be in dominion. There's going to be a struggle between the two of them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What was meant to be very harmonious. much mutual and har- yeah, har- harmonious is now going to have have decided notes of non-harmony. Yes. So that's right. It's so interesting because again in Genesis 2 prior to sin's entrance into the world, God creates Adam first, clearly gives him headship over the creation, yeah. uh, creates Eve from him, uh, and even then it appears that he has headship mm-hmm. over her. Yeah. But for her good. Yeah. Right? Just as she is going to be for his help and his good. And um, it's really interesting to then to see in Genesis chapter 3, you can see that there is design in it, that there is a purpose and intentionality on God's part with Adam's headship, his, his being spiritually active for the glory of God in all the realms of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, by the fact that the serpent, who only exists, his entire purpose is to be an anti-God is to be is to be counter to, be to what God wants and has willed and has said in His Word. He comes not to Adam. He wants to usurp and overturn everything that God has established. Mm-hmm. He does not go to Adam. He yeah. goes to the woman. And uh, and then it's interesting though because after the woman has made this decision, it does seem like Adam is nearby uh, and allows this thing to happen. He's spiritually passive, passive. in this moment. Yeah. He's already falling into sin, as it were. Um, he should have stomped on the serpent's head. He mm. doesn't do that. Okay. After it happens, God does not go to Eve first. Mm-hmm. He goes to Adam first. Right. So God goes to Adam first, and then the serpent goes to Eve first, and then God comes to Adam first again, even after sin has, has right. destroyed the world. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing that even there, there was design a headship there given to him that he failed at 
but he didn't lose entirely. Correct. But now there's going to be a conflict. But now there's going to be a conflict. And and you're seeing there too that he names her, even still after uh-huh. sin, Adam names his wife Eve, right. the mother of the living, just as he had named the animals before as a show of his dominion or his headship there. Yeah. So even though sins entered the world and really brought in this now this this conflict and struggle between the two of them yet still we're seeing there that through redemption that purpose is still intact yeah our, our sin hasn't completely marred god's plan mm-hmm. to an unrecognizable form yeah okay well, let's spend a little bit of time then talking about uh the difference between like toxic masculinity sure and biblical masculinity yeah. so i think that can help there because we've just talked for a few minutes about uh, authority, dominion, headship, these kinds of things, spiritual activity. Are we saying then that he can dominate uh, his wife or women or like what what are we yeah. what are we saying there? Um, so let's just address that part of it. Sure. Okay. Toxic yeah. versus biblical masculinity. What, 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 when biblical. we talk about te- toxic masculinity, what's what's the idea there? Uh, I mean, <laughs> our culture speaks enough about it that it- yeah. Though I think they get it a little bit off sometimes, but um, I mean, ultimately, we see a their strength for a reason. Um, There's a a, a nature that kind of puts it towards protection, um, towards um, directing, Mm -hmm. uh, getting things to move. Um, I, I can't imagine the number of times that it's come up with men you know the 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 popular kind of thing that men want to fix problems yeah right and women don't want to necessarily you know you ask you have the wife come to the the husband and the yeah. husband's like i can fix this this way here's how to fix this and the woman being like and our cultural says oh well the man is just being silly yeah i think there's actually a good back and forth here sometimes it's the wife does need to actually listen to the problem to fix instead yeah. of just saying well, I, sh- I need to just wallow in my you know frustration and whatever, and I need you just to listen. See so, yeah, if there's time for that. There's also time for, yeah, the, the husband is trying to help mm. fix a problem, and rather than just say, well, I, I don't want the fix, I just want you to listen. Yeah, That's something you're rejecting the actual help. So I, th- I think there's that element of it where the man is being protective, the man is responsible for teaching and for trying to correct mm. as he can. Um, but doing it out of love. And I think that's ultimately, we see it just as, you know, Jesus is talking, how to be a leader looks yeah. very different from how the world operates where, you know, the, the people on top are going to drive everything and be authoritative yeah. very much. There's this servant, there's this leading out of love and you're doing it for yeah. the other's benefit and not your own benefit. So it isn't to, I can fix everything. You're good yeah. because I fixed you, but I'm simply taking what God is offering and yeah putting it to your at your disposal to try to, to, to fix you know what is wrong mm-hmm. um, so I think that's a, a helpful thing um, I mean a lot of the times what we deal with is this kind of innate kind of maybe aggression maybe that's not the right yeah. word for it but I mean men are going to be the ones who are more frequently you know you're talking about the contact sports the you know yeah. they're much more involved in you know protection we talk about the military we talk about defending the family it's you mm-hmm. know, the the there's a reason that the man is, is seen yeah. as the one going to do that. Um, but it gets kind of over the top when we take and boast in yeah. that, that, you know, like I'm bigger and stronger and whatever than the other. And we use our own sort of physique and our own prowess yeah. as the thing that we're boasting in. Yeah. 
rather than seeing it as simply an opportunity to serve the skills, mm-hmm. the physique, the whatever, as yeah. an opportunity to serve those who are in need. Yeah, it seems to me that we very narrowly begin to define masculinity in Christless terms. Correct. The perfect man uh-huh. was Jesus. Jesus was the perfect man. Right. Perfect human, but he was a man. Mm-hmm. And I think on the toxic side of things, it is, no offense to the beard, the bearded men. Oh, gosh. Uh, but it's, you've got you've to have facial hair, and oh, yeah. you've got to be a womanizer, and you've got to... You know, be aggressive, and you've got to be an alpha, and you've mm. got to take testosterone boosters, and you've got to go kill a deer, and you've got to go. Yeah. It's all this kind of stuff. You got to build something with your hands, which oh, yeah. is fine. So, and there's a lot. Of, a lot of that's fine. Some yeah. of it's not as much, but a lot of it's fine. Um, but then we go. Well, that's a man, right? Because he wears Carhartts, and he's got antlers on his wall, or something like that, right? And it's like, uh, no, I think you missed it. The other side of it is that we go today. I think you want like just culture today, but still toxic masculinity is, uh, yeah, you just stay home. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're good. You're good being spiritually passive. You're, you're good just being kind of like a goof and, and someone who, who like the sitcom dad, you know, right. where it's like, he's always an idiot. Like just always, the the wife is always the brilliant person. She's it's always not, the sharpest the kids, one, but yeah, or but, the kids. But, but to the point, yeah. right? But it's yeah. never the dad, really, right. except in moments where it needs to be like I don't know. Uh, the 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 daughter needs some kind of advice or something like that, and all of a sudden he like becomes some beacon of light or whatever. And that's rare enough, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know, right? But I'm saying we we tend to see that side of kind of toxic masculinity as well where it's like they're just a bunch of doofuses mm-hmm. and they don't really know anything and they're of no good right and uh they're they're deadbeat dads basically they don't get it right so we want to reject a lot of that mm-hmm. um and again help help guys especially again jesus was the perfect human so we're talking to to women as well, and we're saying you need to be like Jesus, right? <laughs> in feminine in feminine ways, but we're talking to guys then and going, you need to be like Jesus in all these these really godly ways as well, right? Um, so again, one of the things that that really stands out to me about Jesus is that you have this this blend of. Uh, boldness uh-huh. that's rooted in perfect humility uh-huh. upon the word of God but also just a a heart like a huge a massive heart compassion yes children for, for women, children for, for women <laughs> for the lost for the oppressed for the sinner for the tax collector for the he's gentle and lowly in heart. Yeah. And aware and watching and not so inward focused all the time. That's right. And he has authority. In fact, he's going to say, 
all authority is mine. All authority in heaven on earth is mine. And even before the resurrection, he says, I have authority to lay down my life. So his use of authority Hmm. is subject to the good of his people, the salvation of his people. It's not enough. He does not use his authority in ways that are harmful for his the people that are under that authority. Hmm. He uses it to give them life. He dies to give life. In love, right? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Yeah. Okay, there's the use of it. There's the proper biblical godly use of his authority and dominion and I think important to it is also that he's he's it's a granted authority. I mean yeah. we're talking the Godhead here, so it's gonna be a little bit difficult. It's a steward. I mean, it's he's his the father basically is the one yeah. giving that authority. Mm-hmm. And I think as we start dealing with men in our culture Mm -hmm. there's both the the passivity side where you're sort of abandoning authority but then there's also this if i'm not going to be the person in charge i'm simply not going to engage Mm -hmm. not realizing there's the whole range of you don't have to be in charge to actually be a non-toxic male to be a to be a male that's actually following christ the way that christ intends yeah what is it today then about Christ, gospel, church, that men sit in a service and they go, yeah, like I'm just here and that's not really my thing. Right. You know? Like what? What is it? Because I think we, I think we've kind of picked up on that. But then the way that we've tried to alleviate that is we're like we give this picture of Jesus like he's some like macho guy. Right, which, I don't know how you get there? But yeah, but they do. I mean, like you see that. So why would that be the case? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of already mentioned a little bit of it. Uh, certainly, relegating kind of historically men to a workplace. Yeah. And even out of the home at some point, finally. So it's not even where you're mentoring children up in your trade or whatever, but you're sort of sequestered off to the side. You go to work, family stays home. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have this place where the men can congregate and the men are praised by other men. And that's where they're going to get their, that's where they kind of stoke their ego and get, that, get all that worked out. But mm-hmm. you basically are breaking down that relationship of, how are men supposed to relate to children? How are men supposed to relate to their wives? Yeah. And that alternate community where you're getting all the praise yeah. also ends up being distinct from the church as we see it as a separate, pulled out, called out community. And so you end up then also not getting, you don't understand how to receive praise in that unless you're doing something. Yeah. And so when you do see men engage, often it can be where they're only engaged when they're serving. Um, when they're actively doing something. Not even that they're going to get the praise for it, yeah. but that's why they show up is because I have a job to do mm-hmm. um, rather than... Work day. And, and that's not bad. I don't, I'm not trying <laughs> right, to say no, like, yeah. no, please right. come. But, yes. <laughs> but 
the, yeah. it can be very easy to get yeah. in this pattern where that's the reason for coming yeah. because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing the, the activity and, and, yeah. and it becomes very much about what we're doing and not who we are in that body. Yeah. Um, do you have any, um, do you discern that uh, for, for a while now that there's something to this idea that Christianity has been more or less feminized. It's become not not. When I'm, I'm not talking about that it's majority female. I'm right, talking right, about right. like the music, for example, has become very like. It's basically like I'm dating Jesus kind of music. I don't know if that's more there's like a feminization, feminization of things like that or youthification. Okay, I, th- I think yeah, there's a little sure. bit of both. Um, higher pitches. I just remember I've been in a, a, a so certainly the a, higher a pitches. Church. Like we, yeah, I've been in a church be recently difficult. where they weren't doing like there was no like there was not a congregational key for singing, for example. Right. Which is for for instance in the church setting. Yeah. And I look around, and they're, it's they're singing a you know it's a great song, but it's not a congreg in a congregational key. It's very high. All the women are like busting this out, and I look at all the men. Not a single dude I looked at is singing. Yeah. Well, there's a problem there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's the music or if it's the fact that some part of the toxic kind of masculinity says men cannot have affections. And that is certainly the case. Yeah. I, I, I guess my, my, what I, before I say, is the church. church feminized? I would have to say, is there a feminization in all of the culture and is the church then reflecting that? Yeah, sure. And maybe not handling it as well as it should be, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think the whole culture is is dealing with that, and so it's mm-hmm. very easy then for that to just be imported yeah. um, into the church, especially if it's going to have a higher percentage already of people yeah. who are responding to it. it. It becomes a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would say certainly the whole culture. You, you already mentioned, you know, just how we kind of think about in media how mm-hmm. dads are portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I don't think there's a, I can't even think of a single good impression of just men who are single. I mean, typically the, the images we have are just so, and then, so you just, as you're then engaging in the church, I think young men are in a really seriously difficult position to know who am I supposed to be? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Is my whole purpose supposed to be to find a significant other to then husband yeah what what is my role yeah and it can be easier just to be non-active to be passive because you don't know what you're supposed to be Hmm. um could it be because churches are not setting out a clear um vision for biblical manhood oh for sure i think i mean i think our model of single pastor and a church that largely is a, 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 it's a performance and they're largely just listening. Yeah. Um, so they're not engaged and it's not an active, the church is not an, a place where I am active. Yeah. Um, I, I th- certainly sets that up because if, if there is no place for me to lead or, or to protect or to be, you know, engaged in ministry, if there's just nothing for me to do, mm-hmm. I'll go find the places where that is what I do or where I can entertain myself if I don't have any place that I can, um, Mm-hmm. So, and I just wonder along those same lines, like, is it is it just a lack of understanding that they have real responsibilities? Not all the members have responsibilities. We talk about meaningful church membership that is going to call every member, whether you're a male or female, um, 
you, you have a responsibility towards one another. Right. You have responsibility to Christ, to the church, to the gospel, to uh, the membership of the church, uh, regenerate church membership, all these kinds of things. But I just wonder how much of that, again, you know, I talk to people. Huh? And uh, and, it's, and a lot of times uh, in churches, it's, um, you know, they, they have no responsibility at all uh-huh. uh, other than to show up on, on Sunday morning. And uh, the, the things that the Bible says every member should be responsible for, uh, they, have, they really don't have any clue about. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, you and I, um, you know, we love a lot of the Nine Mark stuff and sure. uh, Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman and all these things. And um, at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., they, when they sit down with uh, prospective members of the church, if they're men... One of the questions I believe that they ask them is, uh, what would prevent you from being an elder in mm. this church within five years? Setting the vision up yeah. front. Yeah. What would prevent you from becoming that? Did you know Did you know that as a, a Christian man, you can become something uh, that is useful uh, for the glory of Jesus yeah. in your home, in your church, in your workplace, in the world, you know, whatever it is. Um, and setting that in front of them and saying, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to be this? This is a glorious thing, a noble task. Why wouldn't you want to, to do this? And what will prevent you from becoming this? A lot of those things are about godly characteristics. So you come here, let's, we're going to try to develop you and grow you up and see you mature into full manhood. Yeah. Yeah. So just some thoughts there on, as, to, as to why there's a bit of a, yeah. a disconnect. And I think actually that the question is more than just helpful in kind of identifying some of it. I think a lot of it is um, there's real sin yeah. that yeah. Um, we're not really exhorting and pushing men to actually deal with. We're accepting yeah. it as addiction, whether that's pornography or something mm. else. Mm. We're accepting it. And sort of saying, well, men are just going to have to deal with it. And our culture, of course, is not going to make it easy. Our culture is is very just free yeah. um, with the way it engages with the mind and thought and, and all of that. So if we aren't upfront about that, we're kind yeah. of encouraging just sort of a settled, I don't know, it just an ongoing skirmish that can't be won yeah. um, rather than actually, you know, kind of, again, Paul and Timothy, you know, pursue godliness you know, mm-hmm. make that sort of the hallmark. <clears throat> Don't sit there sort of in a, a trench warfare with yeah. sin, actually rooted out from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we're, we've necessarily historically been doing that in the church. We've sort of just accepted that, well, men are going to have these particular sins to deal with mm-hmm. and they're just going to be fighting that. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's never going to get better. There's no, there's not <laughs> a plan for victory, I guess, yeah. being put forward. Yeah. Speaking of that, how is our church seeking to exhort and equip men for being active in learning and leading uh, mm. in this local church? I, I, this is one of the why, as we talk about this, we want to be really clear that we're not necessarily going. Our men need to, you know, get active. We're not. Or whatever. We're not yes. actually. Yeah. Um, I think very grateful for I all the brothers of this church, especially yeah. the residency, is a good indication. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're plans for, you know, say upcoming next year, even push on that further of getting yeah. 
both men and women, but especially men. It's both. It's for both men. It is for both men and women. But I mean, uh, continuing to get the men, and not just because oh, I I have a you know vision of I could be an elder in the future, but because I want to lead my family well, Mm -hmm. because I want to lead possibly a family I don't even have, but in the future I want to be able to lead them well, Mm -hmm. um, because I want to actually be serving and and responsible as a member yeah. for the gospel. Um, so basically we, we do have programs that we're putting in place. I can say programs, but we have sort of a trajectory we want to set yeah. for discipling, for yeah. actively being engaged and making really, I mean, it being more than a Sunday morning religion. Christianity was never intended to be just this, you know, oh, we show up for an hour or two mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning and then we're good for the the remainder mm-hmm. of the week that it's not the intention that's not yeah. how it works mm-hmm. um obviously just uh, we continue to put forward men's discipleship and I, I think i think personally the the lenses approach that we've used to men's discipleship has been incredibly powerful for yeah not just coming to a text and being subjectively like I see this, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of, but throwing it, but actually tackling the text as it is intended to be written, as it is intended to be received and interpreted. Um, I think that's actually really helpful in mm-hmm. engaging the text as men and not just engaging it in a yeah very subjective manner. So. Mm-hmm. I think it is helpful to 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 um, take a very um, intentional approach to helping men specifically, mm. not exclusive of women, yeah. but men specifically to understand the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> know the word of God and be actively engaged in the life of the church. So much of your discipleship yeah. as a man is going to happen when you're around other godly men. And specifically, just to put some good burden and weight on the pastors of this church moving forward, to be around those pastors and have yeah. those pastors around you. Yeah. That you need, you need good godly examples of men who are leading and following Jesus. And the more that you can get around them, the more you're going to become like them, Lord willing, as they're being like Jesus. And so there's just so much that's happening when you're kind of like the iron sharpening iron kind of stuff. It's almost like unintentional, but very informal discipleship. You don't even really know what's happening because it's just community. It's just life together. It's time together. But it's but it's but it is an intentional time together where it's like, yeah, we can shoot the breeze here, but we're ultimately going to make our way around to like biblical worldview and how do I answer? I got this going on in my life. Well, here's what the Bible says about this. And, and you just begin to be trained and you're training them to think in ways that are Bible first. Mm. Well, when that happens, when that light bulb turns on, yeah, I think you and I have seen talking about the men of our church I think we've seen them go, oh, I want more of that. Right. I want more of what I'm hearing on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. We give them an opportunity to read the Bible in front of the whole church, to lead in prayer in front of the whole church, which, by the way, we give women, again, 
We give women opportunity to read the Bible in front of the whole church as well. Absolutely. Um, so, so we just want to continue to be clear about that, about our purpose here in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. So no complaints, okay? No complaints. If you have any, send it to George. Send it to me. <laughs> I know that you will. Thanks. But I think that's that's critical. Is the the guys who we have seen um, invest themselves not just in Sunday morning, but in just the church as a way of life, mm-hmm. are really growing. And by God's mercy, that's a lot of our guys. Like it's the majority of our guys, and um, that's been just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's all great, and and I do think too the residency is has been oh, helpful too in terms of just d- discipling guys and seeing them grow up and giving them opportunities. Some some of it is, uh, yeah, I know you've never taken a class on preaching, but you're going to do the devotional. It's not. Really I'm going to hold yeah. your feet to the fire on this. <laughs> you're, I'm not going to allow you to, you know. Now sometimes they have they're yeah, busy. Yeah, they yeah, have all kinds of things going whatever. on and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, I'm like, it's no, you're getting over that hurdle. This. It is yeah. sometimes it is just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I realize it, yeah. it actually requires yeah. something of you. Yeah. It's for your good. That that element is incredibly yeah. important, I think. Okay. Lastly, then, what would you like to see in our church as it relates to uh, the brothers in this church oh, moving gosh. forward? Yeah. Um, you could cast a, uh, a vision of uh, just development and their glory as men following Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to see it increased. You want to meet with me and we'll talk. It doesn't have to be like a formal, yeah. we're going to meet, you know, we're going to meet every Tuesday for six, but mm-hmm. actually going ahead and, and, and saying, you know, you're not even my age, but I think there's something we could benefit from, you know, yeah. sitting down and talking, mm-hmm. um, from going, you know, actually checking up on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not looking to see any programs necessarily yeah. drop that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually being in each other's other's lives, mm-hmm. not just on Sunday morning, not just showing up for worship, but actually being sometime throughout the week in other men's lives yeah, um, as something important. Um, that hospitality extended not just by women, but by men. I think we have the, sort of this idea that the home is the, the women's place. Tend to congregate. That kind of thing. Yeah, they, but they like to congregate more. Men yeah. are just as capable of using the home. Yeah. For mission, for mm-hmm. gospel, for discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that'd be helpful. Even you college guys, go ahead and in, invite they us and invite us older people over and <laughs> yeah. fix us beanie weenies or ramen and have a Bible study. George loves ramen. I actually do. Even the even the thirty. <laughs> even the thirty. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just can't do it. If you do one of those vegetarian only ones, you will see me laying out on the couch later. There's just no protein for uh, off the rails. Okay, um, I do think to your to your to your last point there, uh, guys. I don't know are used to having uh, heart conversations, mm. not hard conversations, yeah. but heart conversations. Yeah, we're supposed to have our emotions sort of, sort of very tied up. You have not, one of those not, guys. Not that other yeah. people have to feel <laughs> yeah. our struggle. It's it's that's yeah. kind of the thing is, I should not make other people yeah. have to worry about me. Yeah. Well, like my grandfather was like an army guy. Yeah. He had we didn't know this until after he died, but he had like multiple heart attacks, multiple bouts of cancer. Like he had all kinds of things like this. 
No one knew about it because he never told anybody about it because you just don't do that. You don't talk about it. You just suck it up and you, and, and that is how spiritually you will die. Yeah. You will explode. You will despair. You will sorrow and you'll lose your way and you just give up on the whole thing. The whole enterprise guys need fellowship and community congregation and the ability, whether it's one-on-one or, you know, there's a group of us together to open up a Bible mm-hmm. and just be able to speak to the things that are going on in each other's lives. Yeah. And so I think that kind of liberty and freedom and <clears throat> really just a means of grace, understanding that and then calling on the brothers of this church to be um, just like love the Bible. Yeah. Be very intentional about growing in Christ. To the point where you can actually like as you're reading, you see how it applies to life. And that's not just yeah. something I'm reading on top, but it really has nothing to do with my life, but it, it does. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, as I'm relating to a significant other female, yeah. I'm relating to my spouse, I'm relating to my kids, Yeah, the Bible applies. Yeah. And you're able to do that not as a like v- very moralistic thing, but it's now just like, how does the world work? Yeah. yeah. This world that God has created for us. That kind of passionate intentionality about understanding the Bible isn't just for guys who are going to go on and be ministers. Correct. As a husband, if you go on to be a husband, you're called, for example, to wash your wife in In the the water of the word. You have to know the word well enough at an early age. Hopefully before you're... (laughs) (laughs) That's right. To be able to minister to her heart. Do you know that? Do you know the Bible well enough to do that? So it's just time to, there is this extended adolescence kind of thing in our culture. And we just really need to not do that. Like as Christians, we need to call upon young men and all men to be, again, very uh, immediate and earnest in growing up in Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would love to see, uh, continue to see. Uh, at our church is just a group of men um, who are just uh, passionate about pursuing Jesus, knowing him, knowing his word, and being for his gospel in all the realms of existence. A way to knock it out of the park. There you go. There you go. Thanks, brother. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>